Exo-Ordinary Mind Facts With growing concerns over online privacy and securing personal data, more people than ever are considering alternatives to Google products. After all, Google's business model essentially revolves around data collection and advertisements, both of which infringe on your privacy. More data means better, targeted ads, and more revenue. The company pulled in over $116 billion in ad revenue last year alone, and that number continues to grow. But the word is getting out. A growing number of people are seeking alternatives to Google products that respect their privacy and data. We have included a guide that aims to be the most exhaustive resource available for documenting alternatives to Google products. The link is included in part 2 of tonight's interview on our website. And that was, Exoordinary Mind Facts. Now, on to this week's Veritas interview. I'm Exo. Good night. The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. As promised, we continue stepping outside of our geographical boundaries in pursuit of our search for people all over the world and their stories. Tonight, we explore extraterrestrial encounters and paranormal experiences from witnesses in the little explored area of the Philippines. Not every haunting, abduction, or sighting happens in rural America. It happens all over the world. We go to Asia this time. Among many cases, we'll discuss one family struggle with a haunted home and the tragedies that followed. Although an Asian country, as it is centered in the Pacific, the Philippines was a Spanish colony for over 400 years, and then was a Japanese-occupied territory. Due to this prolonged European influence, it is unique among Pacific destinations as an Eurasian culture. It is usually portrayed as an idyllic destination for both adventurers, hikers, and beachgoers, who are after an exotic tropical sojourn. However, the Philippines had a violent past due to its involvement in World War II, and its off-visited skies exude evidence of extraterrestrial visitations. Our discussion will explore the stories and the aftermath of violence on the victims who passed tragically and the malevolent spirits that visit regions where violence had repeatedly occurred. Join us as we explore the possibility of the existence of nature spirits and the notion that there are realities that surpass the imagination, whose origins remain unexplored. Greetings from your host, Mel Fabregas. And if you're new to the Veritas family, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, just click on the subscribe button. And don't forget to visit the Veritas store for MMS, hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, and much more. And if you want to get in touch with me, Want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback? Just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. Tonight's special guest is Adele Casals Rocha. Adele starred as Elisa Simon in episode two of the pilot UFOs Over Earth. While she was a field investigator for MUFON, her personal experiences with the bizarre has led to a lifetime quest investigating sightings and paranormal events through eyewitnesses' reports. Her first book titled Portal, A Lifetime of Paranormal Experiences, which is a compilation of eyewitness accounts and her own personal encounters with the unknown 
and the terrifying. Adele Casals Rocha joins us directly from Buckingham, Pennsylvania. Hello, Adele, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm happy to be here. My pleasure, and it's so glad to to finally meet you. I spoke with your publisher a few weeks ago, and he highly recommended you, especially because we're we're in this quest. A lot of people have written to me through the years saying, Mel, you do a lot of your research, but it's it seems to be a little, a little bit uh, ethnocentrist here in, in the United States. There, there are great cases all over the world. So we try to step outside of our boundaries and try to find what's really happening all over the place. But we haven't touched that much about what happens in Asia, especially the Philippines. And you're going to tell us about that. But give us a little bit of a, of a background of who you are and what uh, brought you to this topic. My goodness, that's a long story, and I hope you have time. Uh, I would have to say that way, way back in the day, in the 1960s, when I was born, uh, the Philippines was just recovering from quite a number of things that had happened at the aftermath of World War II. Uh, I lived in a neighborhood, and and if you want to go on Google Earth, it's a neighborhood called San Juan. It is actually, at the time of the 60s, uh, a very small, inconspicuous little neighborhood. Uh, And all the stories that come from there, uh, I would say some of the people are still alive. Some of them still live in that same neighborhood. Uh, And because of the number of encounters and a number of unfortunate incidents uh, in that little plot of land, uh, it, it gave me the impetus and actually spurred on my interest uh, in both the paranormal and in ufology. So I believe that's what led me eventually to start talking to people about their encounters because I wanted to give validity to those experiences that I personally had and experiences that one family has had, which I thought was just very tragic, Uh, not just for that family, but it affected a lot of the neighborhood, a lot of the people that they came in contact with. Um, And I've come to the conclusion after interviewing so many people from around the world who have voluntarily shared with me their stories uh, in return for anonymity, that a lot of things that happen to us happen to us because we're ready for them and also because they are brought on by events that are tragic. And so comes the title of my book. We open a portal to something that's unknown when a tragedy happens. Um, these things that happen, happen for a reason, you know, not that people deserve to have negative and tragic, horrible events happen to them. It's just that they're witnesses to a world that no one ever believed existed. You know, we're, we're in an age where everything has to be either documented or somehow collaboratively experienced by numerous people. Uh, some of these events You can't really measure them, Mel. It's not something that lends itself 
to being measured. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you can photograph them, for, but for the most part, you cannot either. Are you saying, so, in your book, you mentioned the late Dolores Cannon, and something you said got my attention. Uh-huh. You said that a lot of the things happen when we're ready. But Dolores was a good friend of this program. She always told me that everything that happens to us, we agreed to it before we came here. Do you subscribe to that point of view? Well, it, that's a totally different avenue of understanding. And I agree to it to a certain point. I think that we are predestined. And I know Dolores had always felt and believed in reincarnation. Um, I do as well. Um, I, I remember past lives myself. I know I've spoken to people who have had several past lives. Uh, Dolores felt that we agree with higher beings in between lives. And I've read most of her books uh, to what we are set to do the next time we come down to the planet. What is our goal to learn? What is our mission? And you even have down to the minutia of the kind of people you're going to meet. So I agree in those terms. I don't know, though, that everything had been set before we arrived down here when we are born. I think sometimes either we don't remember and we agreed to an experience, but we don't quite know how that experience is going to play out. So when it comes to... you know to, what I mean. Yes, I yeah. do. When it comes yeah. to the, the book, we're going to talk a lot about what happened in the Philippines after uh, the aftermath of the World War II. But of course, the Philippines was, you know, for, for hundreds of years, part of the Spanish Empire. And obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but obviously there was a very, very strong Catholic influence there. So people yeah. tend to not believe in reincarnation. But when you experience mm-hmm. all these things and you start remembering or you get regressed or hypnotized, how do people reconcile their beliefs when they encounter new information? You know, Mel, I have to say that I I was raised, yes, uh, very much a Roman Catholic, as are 99.9% of the Filipinos uh, in the Philippines. But I, because I emigrated to the United States at such a tender age and I was exposed uh, almost like an unraveling to other religions, uh, I am different in the sense that I appear to be, and I still know this uh, when I meet Filipinos on the street, um, that I am probably more liberal. I'm loosely using the term, but I'm very liberal and open to other points of view. And one of them is, you know, the point of view of the Buddhist and the point of view of other religions. Because my my belief has always been that when you close the door to other belief systems, you are only getting a small part of that pie. That in order to actually understand all of reality, you have to take pieces of every religion and put them into a coherent whole. Um, You know, removing the other pieces of it that tell us you should do this or you should do that. Um, The the restrictions, um, even in the 
in the Jewish faith, there's restrictions about diet. That's not really religious as it is hygienic or staying healthy. But through the years, you know, the rabbi will tell you, oh, it's because, you know, this is the religion. And technically, no, the reason why we don't eat pork is because it's got a cloven hoof. And we know that when it does, it absorbs all the impunities in the soil. So every religion has truths and every religion also has some that are contaminated by man. But I think in order to understand all of reality, you have to embrace or discern those parts of each religion and come up with what you feel is the truth. So I'm different that way. Uh, Not too many believe the way I do, but I think there is a growing number. I do have friends I keep in touch with in the Philippines who do believe in reincarnation. They, they're they not going to openly go to church and tell the parish priest, <laughs> right. even though they go every Sunday, uh, probably more than I do. Um, but we keep it into ourselves. And, and we, I, I think it enhances our understanding of the death process. You know, a lot of people believe once you die, you're gone. The energy can only be transformed. It cannot be destroyed. Let me address what you just said, which is a very powerful statement. The fact that learning from every religion, and some people, of course, they say, oh, religion is the evil, blah, blah, blah. I think every religion has a a, a nugget of wisdom that we could all use, as opposed to just saying, my religion or my God is better than yours. If everybody did what you just said, just take parts of every religion and just respect what they, any extremism, extremism is bad. But if we yes. just sat down and we sat down with a, a Hindu, with a Buddhist, with a Jew, with a, a, a Muslim, a Christian, we could all learn from each other and we could find so many similarities. In fact, I always mention, I love going, I'm heading there in a few days again, to Granada, Spain, for example. And you oh, see, beautiful. you see a, a, you know, a church next, next to a mosque, next to a yeah. temple. Yes. And you wonder... You know, we're presented this idea that the Moors conquered Spain for 700 years. But wait a second. Those buildings were built during that time. So obviously people coexisted there in unity and in, in harmony. Yes. If that is If that were the case today and everybody shared what you just said, I don't think that wars would have happened, or at least most of them. No, and, and I agree with that. I think that... Somewhere deep inside, people have a desire to be part of something. But in that desire, there is also a destructive, and I don't want to say it's innate, but there's almost like a desire to exclude others in order to belong. And it is not necessary. Like a sports team. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, w- it, even when you, and I never rarely ever talk politics because I, I really get very angry. But when you look at the United States, you talk about the Democrats and Republicans. To me, that's really a very disparate group of people. But the only reason they're disparate is because they're not coming together to understand the similarities and the fact that you come up with a solution by being together rather than attacking each other. Um, But this is what's happening with religion. And and the worst wars in the world 
Uh, hopefully, we'll never see that unfold again. But the worst wars, the most violent ones, are because of religious reasons, which I believe are so ignorant. Uh, it, it's really sad. But that's the nature of three-dimensional man. He does not understand that he can embrace everybody and it's okay. Let's begin with the story of World War II, Lisa's grandmother, Adelaida, and go from there. Okay. Well, the the book opens, interestingly, uh, I had to give a little bit of, uh, you've read the book, Mel, I take it? Yes, I did. You did. Okay. Um, I started the book with the understanding that the reader is not probably going to be that familiar with that corner of the world. So I'm going to start with an intro for the benefit of the audience who has not read the book. Uh, This is a small country, and as you've introduced, it was occupied by the Spanish for four centuries. Uh, It is strategically in the middle of Asia. Uh, And what I mean by that is it's right below Japan, and you've got Thailand underneath that. And then you've got China, uh, I believe, on the western side. And then you've got open water that goes for miles and miles in the Pacific uh, and the Marianas Trench. Because of its positioning, it was a critical country to occupy in World War II. And during that time, this family, of which half the book is involved in, was embroiled in what was unraveling, which ended up being World War II. The gentleman who is the beginning of the book, the patriarch, um, he grew to a ripe old age, but in youth, he became involved with the army. He was trained as a medical doctor. Uh, The wife he would pick actually was trained as a dentist. And during the World War, he was enlisted to be in a MASH unit. And you probably know, not by watching MASH, which is pretty comedic, uh, (laughs) that that's nothing like the truth, because what you're dealing with are dealing with the injuries from the front lines. So because he was trained uh, in surgery as well, Uh, although his specialty, he was a lung specialist, he saw a lot of people who were dying. He had to address all the emergencies and triage, uh, which I think really affected this gentleman at the end of the war. His wife, on the other hand, had four children by then. There were six children total, um, you know, at the conclusion of this. But at the time, there were four children. I think the youngest was probably about maybe three years old. Uh, there was a young girl who was about seven, who is the central part of the book. Um, they were fleeing. As he was in the mass unit, they got separated. She fled with the children all the way up north as the Japanese was starting to infiltrate Uh, you know, with the fall of Manila. The Japanese was pretty brutal back then because they really did not distinguish between a soldier and a civilian. They... Thank you for listening. 
To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.